drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February the 23rd, 2022. You know, just yesterday up in uh, Canada, the Parliament, they extended their emergency uh, wartime power act. Some of it has become permanent. It's kind of an interesting and scary thing all at the same time. But like many stories in the news today, Ukraine being among them, it's hard to sort out fact from fiction. So we've invited Robert Krychek on from Breitbart to help us sort out fact from fiction in the Canada story. What is really going on there? Banks frozen. Horses trotting over protesters. Protesters protesters being arrested, not allowed bail. Trucks being auctioned off. I mean, who really knows what's going on up there? We're hoping Robert Krychek at 35 past this hour will help us better understand that. Hey, Russia, Putin demands Ukraine demilitarize. Uh, says the Minsk agreement no longer exists. And, oh, speaking of, uh, you know, Trudeau and his new Emergency Powers Act, you know, trying to put down these protesters, these terrorists there, he is also saying that uh, he stands against authoritarianism, let that sink in, announces that he supports the sanctions against Russia. It's kind of funny. Uh, Troops are being called out in D.C. against the American version of the trucker rally, which is headed that way. Uh, Texas governor declares transgender drugs and surgeries as child abuse orders investigations. A lot of the stories and the headlines today to, uh, to dive into. But I have a question for you. Coming up at 15 past the hour in the What's Concerning Us, just imagine that you are a person who uh, is creative, you are an artist, you're a craftsman, you're, you're someone who wants to employ the gifts and the talents you have for God's glory, and not only to provide for your family, but to give God glory, and you refuse to allow that service to be used for things that you absolutely do not stand for and believe in. Do you believe you should be forced to do so? Well, uh, that has been an ongoing battle in this country. You might remember Jack Phillips, the cake maker in Colorado. Well, the story does not end there. Even though he won his Supreme Court case, there is a website designer going through it now as well. And the Supreme Court's about to hear that case. We'll discuss that and much more coming up in the What's Concerning Us segment at 15 past the hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And that was my that was my all-time fear, that one day I was going to get somebody to, to ask me to do something completely against my morals and ideals. Yeah. And then I'd get sued up the wazoo and it's like a reality. completely get ruined. I mean, I wonder if that's a two-way road. Can you take people uh, who, for instance, do not believe traditional marriage between a man and woman and can you force them to do traditional marriages between mm. a, fan, a man and a woman? Like a reverse Uno card? Exactly. Interesting. Right? I, I, I see where you're going I with this. I wonder if that's a, a thing. So far, it's not been a thing. It's only gone the other way. Uh, but uh, the good news, I guess, is the Supreme Court's kind of backed them up. You know, Gee, Jack I Phillips so. won his case. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But again, how do you feel about being forced to do these things. We're living in a day and a time where that's become more common, I would say. That's the true. Vaccine mandates, for instance. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll talk about that at 15 past the hour. Lots to jump into. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? Amen, it is. In spite of it all. In spite of it all. And you know what today is? What is today? Well, it's Wednesday. <laughs> well, praise but be to it's God. Also, it's also <laughs> it's hump day. the birthday of Sean Rice over in the San Antonio market. Well, congratulations. So be happy birthday, happy birthday to Sean. In, uh, Sean in you know who else's San birthday Antonio. is today? Who is that? Uh, Edward Penton. Hey. Oh, nice. And guess happy what? Happy birthday, Edward. He'll be on tomorrow's show. Oh. Even though I previously reported he'd be on today. Uh, I was wrong completely. He's on tomorrow. So he couldn't come on on his birthday. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I, apparently, he, All right. he and Sean may be hanging out today. I have no nice. idea. Probably. So not. if you're in the San Antonio market or you just know Sean Rice, go tell him happy birthday. Yeah. Amen to that. Praise be to God. Well, we are going to jump into a great hour. We're hoping and praying that you'll be able to hang out with us for most or all of it, if you can. Again, at 35 past the hour, uh, Robert Krejcik from Breitbart News is going to be our guest to talk about Canada and uh, the developing story that continues up there. And then, of course, as I said, lots of other stories that are going to be covered. If you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you. We will surely have a good time in the second hour. You can watch us live on many streaming platforms. If you have no other means, uh, listening on radio or whatnot, you can find all of that linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Do not forget to get in on the email list. I'm going to be rolling out this week a uh, couple of things to the CDT Insiders. Private chat in the back end just for the CDT Insiders, of course. And then we're asking all of our community, you, dear listener, to join us in praying, fasting, and doing penance every single day. You don't have to do every day, but just maybe pick one uh, during the Holy Season of Lent to pray for the conversion of, uh, of blasphemers and heretics, grave sinners, because we do not want to abandon their souls. We want to strive for their conversion so that they, too, might enjoy eternal beatif- uh, beatific vision, right, with the rest of us. Well, that's the goal. Anyway, let's pray. Let's jump in. Let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray and intercede for all of us that we may hopefully obtain that beautiful vision. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, February the 23rd, and here are your headlines. Military.com reports Washington asks the Defense Department to send in the National Guard ahead of trucker protest. The Department of Defense is considering activating National Guard units and installing barriers to the Capitol to respond to a possible protest by the truck convoys in the nation's capital during an upcoming State of the Union address. The protest is inspired by the Canadian protest against COVID-19 mandates. And Epic Times reports Biden warns Americans of pain at the pump due to Russian sanctions. President Biden acknowledged that U.S. gas prices may keep rising due to his sanctions on Russian assets, saying that defending freedom will have costs. Since taking office last year, gas prices have steadily risen across the United States, reaching close to $5 per gallon in some areas. Critics have said that the price influx is in part because he shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and wouldn't renew drilling leases, opting instead to push for electric vehicles. 
And Reuters reports Blinken cancels meeting with Lavrov, says Russian moves are rejection of diplomacy. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced a cancellation to a Thursday meeting with Russian Foreign, Prime, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov after Moscow's recognition of two separatist regions in Ukraine as independent entities. We will not allow Russia to claim the pretense of diplomacy at the same time it accelerates its march down the path of conflict and war, he said. And Breitbart reports China demands unwavering support for Taiwan invasion from defenders of Ukraine. China's state-run Global Times on Tuesday compared the Donbass region of Ukraine to the sovereign state of Taiwan, urging the G7 members, member countries to grant unwavering support to a Chinese invasion of the island. The agency referred to Taiwan when comparing China's territorial disputes with those between Russia and Ukraine. Taiwan is a democratically ruled independent island nation located off China's southeastern coast that Beijing considers a renegade province. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Milburga. Milburga was a daughter of Mirwala, the king of Mercian, subkingdom of Magnostate, and the Domine Apha. She was the older sister of Saint Mildreth and Saint Mildgathe. The three sisters have been likened to the three, three theological virtues, Milba being to faith, Mildgaitha to hope, and Mildrith to charity. Mildbra was sought in marriage by a neighboring prince who resolved to have her for his wife, even at the cost of violence. Milbra escaped, took her escape took her across the river, and the prince in hot pursuit was forced to desist when the river miraculously became so swollen that he was not able to ford on. Mildborough entered the Benedictine monastery of Winlock, Shropshire. The nunnery was founded with endowments by her father and her uncle, Wolfhere of Mercia, under the direction of a French abbess. Milberga eventually succeeded her in this office and was installed as abbess of St. Theodore. Educated in France, Mildborough was noted for her humility and, according to popular stories, was endowed with the gifts of healing and restored the sight to the blind. She organized the evangelization and pastoral care of South Shropshire, and she is, is said to have had a miraculous power over birds. They would avoid damaging the local crops when she asked them to, and she was also associated with miracles such as the creation of a spring and the miraculous growth of barley. One story relates that one morning she overslept and woke to find the sun shining on her. Her veil slipped, but instead of falling to the ground, was suspended on a sunbeam until she collected it. She died on the 23rd of February, 727. St. Milberga, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 40. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The applicant would say, some unbelievers 
seeing that the name of Jesus was full of virtue, themselves used it and performed signs, though they were unworthy of divine grace, for the Lord wished to extend his name even by the unworthy, close quote. Theophilicate. You know, we might remember in the, uh, le- the letter to the Acts, or the book of Acts, rather, that there was cases where people tried to cast out demons in Jesus's name. So this was a-, a trend that the early church fathers were picking up on. But Augustine has a lot to say today about this. And speaking specific to unity of the body of Christ, he says, but surely what is implied that a man is not with him in as far as he is against him, and is not against him in as far as he is with him. Seems complicated, but he goes on to say, forbid him not, for they ought to have forbidden his being without their society, and thus to have persuaded him of the unity of the church. But they should not have forbidden that in which he was with them, that is, his condemnation of the name of their Lord and Master by the expulsion of devils. Thus the church, uh, the church Catholic, interesting wording, thus the church Catholic does not disapprove in heretics the sacraments which are common, but she blames their division or some opinion of theirs adverse to peace and to truth, for in this they are, un, they are against us. Now, what is he saying here, Augustine? It, it seems rather complicated, but it's not. What he's saying is that there were, at the time, people who were on the journey. They were on the road. They were uh, becoming more and more uh, uh, unified in mind, body, and spirit with the Christian faith, which is still very young, even in Augustine's time. Uh, So they were there, but they weren't quite there. They weren't 100% there. They were living amongst Christians, maybe talking like Christians, acting like Christians, but they were still holding back from being true members of the body of Christ and receiving those sacraments. And on this journey, he he goes on to say, Augustine says, of these, he says, they shall not lose their reward, not that they ought already to think themselves secure on account of this goodwill, which they have towards Christians, without being washed with his baptism and incorporated in his unity, but that they are already so guided by the mercy of God as also to attain to these, and thus to go away from this life in security. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. So what is the bottom line? What is the takeaway here? We should recognize the good in people. We should see that good, we should recognize that good and affirm that good, but it is not good enough for us to see that, to meet people where they're at, and then leave them there. That's the bottom line here. That's the takeaway that Augustine is trying to say to us in this passage today. It is not good enough for us to meet people where they're at and then leave them there. We are to help them get where they got to go. To full membership in the body of Christ, as Augustine would say, they must be washed in the waters of baptism and incorporated into his unity, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Do you know someone, do I, who's sort of on that uh, journey but not quite there? Let's help them, especially this season of Lent. We'll be right back. A popular objection to Jesus' resurrection is that it's merely a ripoff of pagan myths about resurrected deities. Should this be a cause of alarm? I don't think so, for a couple of reasons. First, Christians couldn't have copied from pagan myths because the idea of resurrection as a new embodied life after death was foreign to the pagan worldview. Recall how the Athenians scoffed at Paul's preaching on the resurrection in Acts 17. 
Second, the majority of the alleged parallels are bogus. The deities never really rise from the dead. The spirit of the Greek god Attis entered into a pine tree after his death, and the Egyptian god Osiris merely reigned as king of the underworld. So to my Christian friends, no need to fret. Our belief in Jesus' resurrection didn't come from pagan myths. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Robert Krejcik from Breitbart News is going to be our guest. We're going to be sorting out fact from fiction on Canada. We're going to be discussing all kinds of things related to the Freedom Trucker Convoy uh, protest that went on for weeks and got <laughs> crushed by the, at least in Ottawa, got crushed. But there's still protesting going on there. What did the Emergency Powers Act mean? Uh, what does it mean that they extended it? What does it mean that they're making certain provisions permanent now? Like, it's, it's the way it's going to be from here on out. We're going to discuss all of that with Robert Krejcik coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me and I'm sure to you as well. Here's the headline out of theblaze.com this morning. SCOTUS to hear case on Christian wedding website designer forced to provide services to same-sex couples. Now, before I read to you a little bit of the article, I want you to imagine for a second that you're on the opposite side of that equation. That you're somebody who who embraces uh, the LGBTQ lifestyle and you believe in that marriage of that and all of that. And uh, you really aren't someone who believes in traditional marriage between a man and a woman. And you are a website designer, photographer, cake maker. How would you feel about being forced to have to perform your services, your craft, your artistry for something you definitely did not believe in? You know, I, I, I have not really heard that discussed too often in the commentary. And I don't know of a single case where some Christian organization has, you know, uh, sniped some LGBTQ plus photographer and forced them into some lawsuit. It's definitely happening the other way around, but I haven't heard it this way. And I think in general, we can all agree, based on principles and based on common sense, that we wouldn't want anybody to be forced against their conscience. I think that's pretty standard stuff in the human experience, and yet we're seeing that being played out again and again and again, especially in Colorado. Colorado, what is going on over there? I mean, what is happening to you, Colorado? I, 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 my mind is just blown to think that you persistently and continually try to take these, these cases all the way to force your citizens to do things against their conscience. It blows the, my mind. Here's a little bit of the article. The Supreme Court agreed on Tuesday to take up a case involving a Denver-based Christian wedding website designer who, under Colorado law, is required to provide services to same-sex couples. 
In her petition to the high court in September, web designer Lori Smith argued that a lower court ruling so strictly applied Colorado's Anti-Discrimination Act that it, quote, forced Lori to convey messages that violate her religious beliefs, close quote, when also restricting her from explaining her faith. Smith, a creative professional who also who offers graphic and website design services to paying customers, recently decided to expand her business to include wedding website services. But as a Christian, Smith knew that she would need to decline any requests from same-sex couples. She also wanted to post a statement of faith on her website explaining her support for traditional marriage. I mean, think about that for a second. You put a statement up there you think is going to cover your base, right? So everybody knows, hey, listen, if you're coming here for this purpose, I'm not your, I'm not your, 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 your business. You should go elsewhere. And there are plenty of places to go. You're not going to be hurting. You're, there's plenty of, of people who will provide that to you. I'm just not one of them. And yet that becomes kind of like the, uh, the Hebrew letter for, for N that was spray-painted on the houses of Christians in Iraq— uh, which marked them as being Nazarenes, right? Remember that? You remember that story from, uh, from when the, the caliphate came through there and started slaughtering and persecuting Christians in Iraq? It's kind of like that. You put that on your website, and now you're a target, and they come after you, and they intentionally snipe you and bring you into these, li- these litigations. The article goes on to say, but in a two-to-one panel ruling last year, the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals sided with the state. I mean... Do they not remember the Jack Phillips case? I'm just curious. Uh, also from Colorado. Goes on to say, claiming it had a compelling interest to protect the dignity of members of marginalized groups, in this case, same-sex couples. Smith was summarily denied the right to post the statement of faith on her website and was ordered to comply with the state mandate. You're not allowed to, p- to post your own statement of faith on your own website. I mean, if this were communist China, okay, well, that's accepted practice in communist China. I mean, Canada's not far off. In fact, uh, did you know there are Canadian troops that train up in Canada? Uh, We're going to be talking to uh, some journalists later today. We'll play that for you tomorrow on tomorrow's program. But, yeah, Canada's kind of going down that road, too. Many countries have gone down that road. But this is America. And it seems mind-boggling to me that you're not allowed to place a statement of faith on your own website. Not allowed. Can't have it. The law, which prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation, is the same law used against Colorado cake artist Jack Phillips and his business masterpiece cake shop. Phillips won his appeal to the Supreme Court in 2018, but with a caveat. The court ruled that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission had acted with anti-religious bias against Phillips, but didn't rule on the larger issue of whether creative professionals can categorically refuse to provide services for same-sex unions based on religious objections. Smith may stand an even better chance with her appeal given the addition of conservative Justice Amy Coney Barrett to Supreme Court. Alliance Defending Freedom, a well-known religious liberty law firm, is representing Smith in her case. In a press release, the firm slammed Colorado for censoring and coercing the speech of creative professionals whose, whose religious beliefs do not conform to state orthodoxy. The government doesn't have the power to silence or compel creative expression 
under the threat of punishment. It's shocking that the 10th Circuit Court would permit Colorado to punish artists whose speech isn't in line with state-approved ideology, according to ADF General Counsel Kristen Wagoner. Going on to say, quote, Colorado has weaponized its law to silence speech that it, disagree, that it disagrees with, to compel speech it approves of, and to punish anyone who dares dissent. Colorado's law and others like it are clear and present danger to every American's constitutionally protected freedoms and the very existence of a diverse and free nation, close quote, she added. That's a troubling story for sure. I may get my friend Brent Haynes to be on at some point um, later this week to give some commentary on this. Uh, We're seeing also at the Supreme Court that they're refusing to deal with the vaccine mandates as well. Uh, So they're punting on that, but they're taking this case up. And I really hope that it comes out that Smith, like Jack Phillips, will be able to conduct her business according to her conscious beliefs and put her statement of faith on her website and not be a continual uh, uh, target harassed in litigation and everything else. I mean, it was a sheer uh, grace of God and the support of many Americans around the country who probably donated to Jack Phillips in order to help him keep his business open because part of the strategy and the tactic is to destroy them financially, is to make examples of them publicly. And these are difficult and trying times where we must stand on principle. We must do the right thing even if they have... You know, difficult and terrible consequences. I think of Canada right now and many of the protesters who have given up much. All of those donors, all of their data got leaked. There are, you know, stories about single income moms up there making peanuts up there trying to survive. Their bank accounts have been frozen thanks to Trudeau's Emergencies Power Act. So a lot of concerning stories there in the news for sure. But at the same time, I mean, Rudy, you're talking about the beginning of the program that as an artist, you just have to make this decision and, you know, come what may. That's so true. You know, in, in my case, when I was doing a lot of freelance work, uh, I would get I, – I never got anything like this. You know, like, hey, I want you to take pictures of my same-sex marriage or so-called marriage or whatever. But I did get, you know, clients who would ask me strange things and I would just try to ignore the message altogether, like not not even, you know, touch the the subject at all and just kind of move on to somebody else. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you're forced to be tricky, right? You're forced to be very discerning about who's exactly. asking me here. What is this? So, you know, exactly. Um, it, you know, it's it's sad because you're basically only going to be left with a society that has one opinion. That's the approved opinion. Yes. And the other side of the thing, uh, you briefly mentioned it here, is they try and ruin you financially. Yeah. It's like a, a demonically frenzied thing that happens. All of them come together and they, they say, well, let's get together and sue these people. They gather all their money and then they sue the person and they ruin their business. They hardly ever survive. I think – who was that woman who baked the cakes? Uh, she came oh, back one two. time, but she, I think she's out well, of business. Well, there was Jack right? Phillips that baked well, there the was cakes. Two. There was a florist. A florist. And then there was, I think, multiple photographers. Mm -hmm. You know, and what is it about the cake business or the wedding industry? I guess it's because it's based on the whole LGBTQ marriage uh, argument. It is. It's very inclusive to that now. I remember back in 2020 when we were preparing to get married, all of the catalogs and stuff have women in men's suits and all this crazy stuff you wouldn't have seen before. So, yeah, it's, it's starting to become more inclusive of that. And it's a slippery slope. When we, began, when we begin the process of accepting as normal that which is not, 
uh, boy, it, it, it's a very dangerous thing for Christians to participate in this. So, I mean, I applaud Lori. I can't imagine that she has the hundreds of thousands of dollars it requires to fight a case like this all the way to the Supreme Court. I had to go to court. My wife and I both went to court uh, for the process of adopting our son. It cost, I don't remember how many, it was well over $10,000 for our case. And I was working three jobs. I mean, it was it was painful just for us. I can't imagine what it's like for Jack Phillips and Lori. So hopefully they're receiving some donor funds to fight the good cause. But golly gee whiz, you have to make that decision before that moment comes or else you probably would have great anxiety over it all. Yeah, not to mention, you know, the the mental toll of going through all of this stuff and the time you have to invest into yeah. preparing your your litigation. So yeah, for sure. Here's crazy. another quick story before we run out of time. Uh, I I my favorite. I've told you this before many times. I love history. History is my favorite subject. Even in high school, I took an AP Russian history class just because. Uh, I just it was. I just love history. Now, did you catch the incredible historical lecture Vladimir Putin gave yesterday? On Ukraine, no, yeah, I oh, didn't. It was brilliant. This guy, this guy Vladimir Putin, he is a historian at heart. You can tell. Uh, this is an article out of the Daily Wire. It says during a Tuesday press conference, Russian President Vladimir Putin said that the Minsk Agreement no longer exists and that Ukraine must be demilitarized. He added that they no longer seek NATO membership. <laughs> Speaking on their behalf, I guess. Uh, said this would mean that the Western leaders would not lose face, Putin said, speaking through an interpreter. He goes on to talk about the history of Ukraine and how it was essentially uh, established by uh, by the communists, really. He says, quote, so I will start with the fact that modern Ukraine was entirely created by Russia or, to be more precise, by Bolshevik communist Russia, Putin said, according to the Kremlin translation. This process started practically right after the 1917 revolution, and Lenin and his associates did it in a way that was extremely harsh on Russia by separating, severing what is historically Russian land. Nobody asked the millions of people living there what they thought. Well, golly gee whiz, uh, uh, Vlad, are you asking the Ukrainians what they think about your peacekeeping troops? now invading their territory? I don't know. Maybe we can learn something from history and the great patriotic war that you quoted yesterday. Hey, we'll be right back. More breaking news and Canada's coming up next. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay. Or there's no poetry in betting. 
If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful, or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. The Blaze reports Biden condemns invasion of Ukraine and announces harsh sanctions against Russia. The U.S. will impose severe economic sanctions against Russia after Russian President Vladimir Putin recognized two separatist regions in Ukraine as independent states. The new sanctions will be levied against large Russian financial institutions and members of the country's elite as well as their families. The United States will also place comprehensive sanctions on Russian debt, cutting them off from Western finance. The sanctions will prevent Russia from raising money in the, in the West and cannot trade in its new debt on American and European markets. And the Washington Examiner reports Kyle Rittenhouse announces initiative to challenge media in court. Rittenhouse was 17 when he fatally shot two men and injured a third in self-defense during the 2020 riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He was acquitted of all charges. The Media Accountability Project will raise money for legal challenges against outlets Rittenhouse believes defamed him during his trial and hold them more accountable. He says, quote, My trial exposed a deep corruption in our media that cannot go unanswered. Their blatant lies, defamation, and propaganda were malicious attempts to tear our nation apart and to destroy my life. I am committed to holding them accountable, unquote. And Breitbart reports sliders courtesy of Flippy, White House to install 100 burger-flipping robots. Fast food chain White Castle is addressing its problems and finding new employees by outsourcing some of its jobs to robotic burger flippers. The company will be installing Miso Robotics Flippy 2 robot hamburger flippers in a number of locations. Flippy began replacing restaurant workers in 2017. White Castle is not the only company automating work. McDonald's has been automating cashiers for some time and is working on uh, with AI firms to streamline its drive-through ordering systems. And I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. And the Epic Times reports China infiltrates U.S. and other nations through Huawei. Chinese tech giant Huawei rose to prominence because it receives tens of billions of dollars from Beijing, allowing the firm to undercut competitors and gain market shares. Inside the United States, Huawei has sold telecom equipment to small cellular companies and set up wireless towers in rural areas, including near missile bases, nuclear missile bases, that is, creating a national security concern for America. And if you're interested in this story, please take a look at our interview with former FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr. You can find it on our YouTube page. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Robert Krejcik. He is with Breitbart News, and we're here to discuss what is going on in Canada. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Hey, good morning, Joe. It's great to be with you. You know, Canada is one of these uh, stories where we, I think I'm speaking for myself here, tempted to just look at the headlines and sort of interpret that on, a, on the surface. And yet sometimes I'm reminded that there could be circumstances or, or situations that might have a little bit more complexity. And so we want to sort out fact from fiction. And especially with Trudeau's extending the Emergency Powers Act and seemingly making some of it even permanent, according to Canadian finance minister. So what is going on? What is the status of the protest up there? The status of the Emergency Powers Act? Robert Krejcik, what say you? Okay, Joe, let's get to that in just a moment. Would you indulge me for a moment? There's some observations I want to share with you that I made during my attendance at these demonstrations that I think will be of deep interest to you and your audience. And it deals with 
what I observed regarding a sort of religious conviction among a decent cohort of the demonstrators. Would that be okay? Please do. Okay, so I spent easily over 100 hours at this demonstration across the past few weeks. I'm born and raised in Ottawa. I've lived basically my whole life here. And I got to speak with so many people, uh, dozens, over 100 people for sure, deep conversations about why they were there, what their motivations were. I'm obsessed with politics. Of course, I was asking them about first principles, their moral frameworks, their philosophies. And what I observed among a good cohort of them is that there is a Christian ethos, a sort of religious framework that at least forms part of their rationale and their motivation for attendance and their opposition to what they view as this growing, centralized, oppressive system. And it was so amazing to behold. It was great to see that. I encountered terms like fellowship. I met people of great conviction who saw things with moral clarity. Uh, Not that there isn't nuance in life, as you were mentioning a moment ago, but there are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong. And uh, I also got to see impromptu prayer sessions. Wow. And uh, it's, it's, it's an undeniable element of this demonstration, this this religious Christian foundation and conviction. I just wanted to share that with you because I yeah. thought that would be of deep interest to you and your audience. Let me ask a follow-up question then uh, to that, uh, on that note. You know, one of the things was describing the protesters as terrorists, as Nazis, as white supremacists. I mean, the, we watched some of these videos coming out of the parliament up there, and you're like, are they seeing the same things? I saw bouncy houses and uh, and smiling children and, and whatever. So maybe you can clarify that. You spent some time on the ground. What was the nature, uh, besides prayer <laughs> prayer, pro- prayer rallies there, what else was going on there? Were there any signs of uh, white supremacist uh, activity or, or violence or anything like that on behalf of the protests themselves? No, that narrative is not even 1% true. It is literally the opposite of the truth. I met people of all sorts of backgrounds, ethnic, racial, national origins, more importantly, different geographical locations and professional backgrounds, different lines of work, different ages. And everyone was unified in in opposition to, again, this increasingly oppressive apparatus of control and surveillance that's being marketed to us as a public health and public safety measure. So this white supremacy, I don't even accept the premise that that's even a thing to begin with. Uh, I I saw people together uh, of all sorts of backgrounds. It was amazing. In terms of violence, no, it was the opposite. This is a family-friendly protest. I've never seen anything like it. And to just relate a bit to what I was saying before about this religious element to a decent element to a decent cohort of people who were attending look i'm not very religious i'm sort of a secular corporeal guy and it felt metaphysical there's a spiritual aspect to it there's a sort of transcendent dimension to this unification of all sorts of people coming together in unity in opposition to something that they view as clearly wicked clearly immoral clearly unlawful Yes, Mr. Krychek, you know, I, I agree with you. It seems to me that uh, when 
big things like this happen, like, for example, in Ottawa or anywhere here in the United States, you know, the, the media tends to demonize the participants of the protest as, uh, you know, a white supremacist or they, 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 they levy all of the, the big hot button issues and, and force them on, on, the, on the people there. But I'm wondering if you could speak about what, what remains of the protest in Ottawa and in Canada in general. Okay, so in Ottawa, the actual physical demonstration in downtown with a lot of these truckers being parked on certain streets and partially, that's a key word, partially obstructing traffic. It wasn't, um, actually, I wouldn't even say obstructing, obstructing traffic, increasing traffic, because they never blocked off any lanes. It's very important to know that there was no suffocation or strangulation as you may be led to believe if you read headlines yes. from so-called mainstream media. Um, there was no siege. There was no occupation. These terms are hysterical and absurd. You should never take them seriously. What remains of the demonstration is uh, very little physically. That said, the people who were demonstrating did not disappear. They still exist. They have coordinated with one another. I think there's some uh, concentration of trucks somewhere away from the downtown core. I can't remember exactly where. And uh, in terms of what's coming, we're seeing demonstrations grow in other large Canadian cities. So even though there is a sort of end to the physical side of what we saw here in Ottawa, this is far from over. Yeah, Trudeau said yesterday that they were blocking and sieging downtown. And that was part of his speech in deciding to extend the Emergency Powers Act. So we're seeing a definite misrepresentation of protesters themselves. But we're also seeing, we saw incredible video of abuse uh, by, on the hands of police. So tell us about that part. We have a couple of minutes before we have to go to a quick break. But when it comes to like the, the aggressive behavior of police against the protesters, what's fact, what's fiction in that? You got about two minutes. Well, I was there for a long time. I would say the majority of police were conducting themselves professionally, at least within the context of what they're doing, which is putting down a peaceful demonstration. But I did see violence. I did see aggression. Um, the videos speak for themselves. And those who are interested can go online and see them. They were too ubiquitous. They were too widely shared to be put down in this whack-a-mole style that we usually see from big technology companies in terms of their censorship. So don't take my word for it. Go see for yourself. There were abuses. There was, in my view, excess forces. Again, I'm not some sort of professional, not a police officer. I'm just a citizen. But I saw violence in some instances, both personally and online afterwards, that, in my view, cannot be justified given what was taking place. You know, there was a, a story out today about... Uh conversations going on behind the scenes in some chat by police officers, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And one of them actually said, "Time quote, time for protesters to hear our jackboots on the ground, close quote, and sort of bragging and joking behind the scenes about getting in there and, and uh, roughing up some of these protesters. So that's of grave concern, wouldn't you say? I would say so. I would hope that that is not representative of broader law enforcement. And I'll just share a hot take with you. If you share my view that we're sort of degrading morally in many ways as a society, it shouldn't surprise us to see law enforcement afflicted by that same degradation. Hold They're that. with us too. They're on this moral decline. Hold that thought. Robert Krychek is our guest. Breitbart News. We're talking about Canada sorting out fact and fiction. More on the emergency powers coming up right after this very quick break. We'll be right back. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, we're talking with Robert Krychek. He's with Breitbart News. We're talking about Canada. What is going on up there? We're sorting out fact from fiction. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Krychek. Uh, I want to ask you about the Emergency Powers Act. Uh, this is a statement from Canadian Finance Minister Christia Freeland. Uh, she reiterated a point in the press conference, I guess, yesterday with uh, Justin Trudeau, saying, We have reviewed very, very carefully the tools at the disposal of the federal government, and we used all the tools that we had to uh, had prior to the invocation of the Emergencies Act, and we determined that we needed some additional tools. Now some of those tools will be putting forward measures to put those tools permanently in place. The authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms and their payment providers. Close quote. Uh, Christia Freeland, the Canadian finance minister. Tell us about the Emergency Powers Act. Uh, what does this mean? I mean, we're, we're, we're the outsiders looking in here. You're Canadian. What, did, what exactly does the Emergency Powers Act mean? Okay, uh, we'll get to the Emergencies Act in a moment. Just a couple of details you might want to remember here. Christia Freeland is also our Deputy uh, Prime Minister, which means she's sort of our Canadian analog to the U.S. Vice President. I see. Now, in terms of these financial measures that she's already used and has promised to expand, last I saw uh, over 200 financial products, which I'm guessing are bank accounts, credit cards, lines of credit, who knows, had been frozen. And that will increase, according to her own promise, uh, based on people who were deemed to be involved in the protest in some way the government was not okay with. Now, that those measures are not related to the Emergencies Act. They're independent of that. FinTrack is a series of financial regulations applied to financial institutions to combat ostensibly money laundering and terrorist and criminal financing. So just consider that for a moment anti-money laundering laws and uh, regulations to address financing of terrorism and criminal activities are being used 
to go after people who are financing a peaceful demonstration. So wow. that's alarming. Now, in terms of the Emergencies Act itself, uh, you know, Trudeau invoked that. It was sanctioned by our House of Commons, again, our sort of analog to your House of Representatives. And that allowed for expansion of certain powers. The ones that are most apropos to the situation are the ability of the federal government now to seize certain assets for its own use and disposal, which uh, in this case included the um, compelling tow companies to remove trucks that were parked downtown, uh, presumably against their will. And uh, yeah. We're hearing rumors that they are uh, impounding the trucks and then looking to auction them off. So, and I imagine that some of these truck drivers probably have a bank loan to pay for these trucks. And if the state auctions them off, they still owe the bank the money and some new guys getting to drive their truck around. Yeah, so there are a myriad of governmental forces at work here to impose punitive measures on the truckers and their supporters. So this auctioning off of trucks and other assets was a threat levied by Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson, who ideologically is sort of like a Muriel Bowser type, very much like his DC analog. And uh, in order to recuperate costs, according to him, related to enforcement measures, he is throwing out this idea of auctioning off these trucks and seizing whatever is recovered from them for the municipal treasury. That's going to crush financially these protesters even further. Uh, As I said, if they own uh, bank loans on that, the bank's not going to forgive them of those loans. Yeah, and this obviously is an extension of an ongoing financial crushing that we've been seeing for over two years with what I describe as the COVID-19 enterprise. So all sorts of people, truckers included, have had their finances harmed by all sorts of restrictions. And again, like I was saying earlier, A lot of measures and decrees and edicts have been imposed from all levels of government. It's sort of a full court press coming from the federal, provincial and municipal levels. So, yeah, that's very interesting to me, especially in the regards to their banking, because I'm not familiar with Canadian law. But how exactly is Justin Trudeau able to freeze their assets, including things like their cryptocurrency and then shut down any and all of their uh, fundraisers that are happening side by side. How is this even possible that they have the ability to do that? Okay, so forgive me for missing some of the details, but the broad strategy here is to use industry to do things that the government is not confident it can do on its own. So I'll just go to the U.S. for one moment. The federal government in the U.S., as well as its so-called mainstream media, coordinate with big technology companies to engage in censorship. And this allows the federal government in America to circumvent the First Amendment. In Canada, what happened was the federal government asked financial institutions to freeze financial products of persons and companies that it said were supporting an unlawful demonstration in its own words, this illegal siege, this illegal occupation, again, their language. So it's not that Trudeau himself is doing it. The federal government sort of keeps its hands clean 
by having banks do its dirty work for it. And I saw headlines just this morning, I didn't look at the details, forgive me, about some measures being taken to absolve banks of potential legal liability for harm caused to people and businesses through imposition of these measures. That's unbelievable. So what remains of the mandates that uh, people were protesting? I know in Ottawa, it seemed that they were going to back off with the mandates. And you see in different provinces, too, that they're backing off, too. Um, I'm wondering what remains of the mandates. And also, um, how do individual provinces uh, decide what they want for their particular uh, area? Yeah, this is an important point. So we do have varying mandates, uh, depending on different provincial jurisdictions, very much like you'll see in the U.S. with different cities and different states having their own details. In terms of what remains, I live here in Ontario, and Premier Doug Ford, again, sort of our governor, promised that he would remove this vaccine passport system, which involves a QR code, by the way. Unbelievable. On yeah, at the beginning of next month. So somewhere I think it would be in March, if I recall correctly. Uh, we saw Jason Kenney, Premier in Alberta, also signal that he would do some sort of rescinding. But a lot of this, again, as I call it, the COVID-19 enterprise remains in play at the federal level and at provincial and municipal levels. Wow. We're talking with Robert uh, Krejcik from Breitbart News about Canada. We have about, I don't know, four minutes or so left in our conversation. I understand uh, that there was some political maneuvering on Justin Trudeau's uh, part in order to get the Emergency Powers Act extended. I understand that he threatened to resign if he didn't get the votes. Is that true? And what does that mean? That I've not seen. So I'm not sure that that's accurate. I might have overlooked that. But I don't think he threatened to resign in that case. The political maneuvering has been going on forever. I mean, that's just the nature of politics. Uh, clearly, his party is loyal. And there is an ostensibly oppositional party which challenges him from the left, the so-called National Democratic Party. And even though they've been critiquing Trudeau, again, from the left, saying he's not being aggressive enough, law enforcement is being too acquiescent, they stated that they were grudgingly supporting this invocation of the Emergencies Act to allow for greater power to put down this protest. So where do you see things going from here? It, one of the things that boggles my mind personally when looking at what's taking place in Australia or Austria or any other place in Europe, I mean, it, now in Canada, you have uh, what seems to be a large amount of your population and total discord with its representative government I mean, shouldn't governments represent the will of the people? What goes, what happens from here? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, so I have judgment no better than you folks, but I'll share with you what I think will happen, or at least what I see happening now. I think one of the biggest stories of our time in terms of politics, sociology, is this growing conflict between an increasingly cynical and skeptical populace with an increasingly aggressive and oppressive government. And I think this is true across the English-speaking world. And I think we're reaching a sort of crescendo as governments become increasingly abusive and extractive and deceptive and immoral. Populations become increasingly aware of what's happening because it's hard to ignore. It's hard not to see when they're coming down your throat. And as the population becomes more recalcitrant, less compliant, at least voluntarily, the government and its 
allied apparatuses like media and technology firms become increasingly aggressive. So it's sort of this combination of mutually reinforcing forces that are colliding with one another. So I'm optimistic. I'm inspired. I saw amazing things in Ottawa. I saw people helping each other. I saw Ottawans doing laundry for truckers and inviting them <laughs> to stay with their homes. I saw people yeah. making food for each other. I saw prayer sessions. How can I not be inspired? Yeah. So I would just uh, urge, you know, like-minded people do not be demoralized, do not be discouraged and remain active and stay the course. I have to tell you, uh, in America, uh, in 2020, when we had uh, occupying activities, it was like the other side of the spectrum. There were molestations and crime and drugs and violence. I mean, Occupy Portland and, and other places uh, compared to Canada, where they're like feeding the homeless and <laughs> cleaning having the city. bouncy houses <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, tailgate parties. It's like you Canadians, boy, you really know how to protest uh, in a very safe and, uh, and good way. So praise be to God for that. But Robert Krychek, Thank you for your time today, Breitbart News. We're very grateful for your being on a program, helping us sort things out from the Canadian trucker protest. We're very grateful for your time, sir. Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate having you on our team and being a part of our conversations. If you are at all able to join us for the second hour, please do so. If you can't listen on your local Catholic radio station, consider streaming us live on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, Rumble, LinkedIn. I mean, we're everywhere. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can find everything linked up or just watch there. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. If you had the chance to sit down for 10 minutes with the world's greatest teacher, would you take it? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. If you said yes, you're in luck. Go take out your Bible, and you can spend 10 minutes or even more with the Spirit of the Living God. Who is a better teacher or greater expert than the Holy Spirit? In his rule, St. Benedict sends us to the Bible every day, and it's free. 2 Timothy tells us all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Wednesday, February the 23rd, 2022. And it is great to have you on the team today, dear listener. Thank you for doing it. We're going to have a great, fun time this half hour with you on the radio side, of course. We're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. And today, I've got good news. Good news. Praise be to God. Actually, I've got good news and bad news. Uh, Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Good news or bad news? Uh... Which, which is your problem? I like to start off with bad. You do? Give me the bad news. The good news is the phone lines are working. <laughs> Let's go. God. Well, that's the Thanks theory. Thanks to our friend Kent. that for sure. That's the theory. Speaking the of theories, theories, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Hopefully the phones are working. <laughs> the theory is, the premise is the phone lines are going to work flawlessly. <laughs> I, we took apart the, the entire studio yesterday. <laughs> Literally. Dismantled it and then put it back together backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that fixed it. I think it's kind of like the Big Bang Theory. It's pretty much set in stone at this point. Huh. So, what's the TV show? Bazinga! <laughs> I've never seen that ever. Don't not it's a bad. single episode. It's horrible. No, I meant the phone lines, like working flawlessly from this point forward. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. So that's the good news. Praise be to God. Let's test the theory. The bad news is only one caller gets to call in and play the game today. So, so true. You know, you get three opportunities. You have to be that first caller to get that chance, so make sure you dial the number as soon as possible, and then you get to be our caller and contestant, get into the prize pack, which um, we're going to sweeten the deal this week, praise be to God. We're giving out a Mercedes on Friday. Oh, yeah. That's fun, right? Giving yeah. out, giving a Mercedes away is going to be a fun time. That comes up Friday at the top of this hour on Friday show. Which, by the way, is not the prize for our game show today. <laughs> Could we make it? How do we overlap these things? Anybody want to donate a uh, Mercedes <laughs> to uh, that we can give away in the show? Could you imagine if someone gave us like a uh, like a '65 something or other That'd Mercedes? Be an '80s diesel. An eighty? Ooh. ooh, a diesel wagon. An oh. '80s diesel that had been converted to Who manual transmission. <gasps> Turbo I, diesel with I, a manual? I don't know how to drive manual. Don't do that. Give do us that. an automatic. Please. Do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Nobody steals manual, by the way. Leave your doors open. It's fine. Nobody will steal it. They don't know how to drive it. Huh. Yeah. Learn how to drive a, Go figure. 
a manual. You'd be better off. Anyway, we're going to have prizes to give away Friday. A Mercedes is one of them. And then we have our Catholic Drive Time Sponsor Pack, which we're sweetening uh, for our Fear and Trembling Game Show winner. So that'll be coming up Friday. So if you would like to get in on that, you got to be the first caller at 15 after the hour. And I'll give you the number. Or you go onto our website and you, you sweeten your own opportunity by clicking on Fear and Trembling, and then you'll get to the phone number very quick. You can call. You could sit on hold if you wish. We give precedent to new callers on the game show. But if it's been a while, like a long, like a month or so since the last time you played, you can try again. That, that'd be cool. All of the information is on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Do not forget to also jump on our email list because I'm going to be giving instructions tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow, Thursday. On the CDT Lenten project of fasting, praying, and do penance, we want to cover every single day in the holy season of Lent doing prayers, fasting, and penance for specifically the conversion reversion of heretics and blasphemers. We do not want to leave those souls abandoned, and we want to offer our Lent up for their conversion and reversion. What an amazing thing it would be to see this community cover every single day. So I'm going to release a calendar. You could sign up, pick a day, it'd be your day and then we'll put you on the calendar. So I'm going to send those instructions uh, tomorrow. So make sure to join the CDT Insider email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or pull out your cell phone, and you can text the letters G-R-N to the number 42828. So text G-R-N to 42828. That'll also put you on our email list super quick. All right, praise be to God. Lots to get into. Do we have a tearjerker for a good news story, Rudy? Well, yeah. So I pop, hope you puppies? got some. Uh, I hope you are got some uh, Kleenex involved? or whatever to wipe away the tears because it's actually kind of sad. <laughs> are puppies involved? No, no puppies. But cake is. Ooh, I like cake. Is yeah. it like German chocolate cake? Or? Could be any cake you want. Oof. With like the coconut frosting thing on top. Coconut. Yummy. What's what wrong with you? No, Joe? it's fantastic. German chocolate cake is coconut. amazing. Listen, I agree with you about pineapple on pizza, but coconut on cake, is that's it, the final straw. I cannot cross that line. It's too far. You don't like coconut? I'm against both of those. Not things. on cake? Uh, our Polynesian and Micronesian audiences are all of a sudden upset and offended. <laughs> Micronesian? Yeah, Micronesian. Yeah, they too love coconuts. Praise be to God. Uh, the Pacific Rim peoples all love coconut. Do we have a Micronesian audience? Uh, let's not. What about Macronesia? Don't fact check me all live on the air. Let's just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, enough shenanigans. We'll save most of those for the after show where you get to drive the conversation, dear listener, which is the second half of this hour with the live video stream. So join us for that. But let's pray. Let's pray for your needs, dear listener, whatever your challenges are. We're going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth to intercede for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports woman is emotional after receiving a handwritten card and $13 from a stranger on the street. After being handed an envelope by a stranger on the street, a British woman was stunned by its contents. 
Inside the envelope was a handwritten card and some money requesting her to buy a cake in memory of the writer's late son's birthday. Tammy Bennett, who's 19, had just picked up her cousin from school when a woman she had never met before approached her on the street. I honestly didn't know what to think, she told the Epic Times. She sprayed the envelope with antibacterial spray and just handed it to me and told me, have a good day and left. Opening the handwritten card, Bennett was moved to read the woman's message. To you, read the card, today would have been my son's 28th birthday. Sadly, we lost him to a sudden unexpected death in, uh, in epilepsy. My son loved birthday cake. The message continued, please buy a cake and enjoy it with your family. Cake is good any day of the year, not just on a birthday. Signed off by Jason's mom, it continued. It included a line on family. Family is so important. Spending time with family is such a precious gift. Along with the handmade card, Bennett also found a tenor, as they say in the UK, in the envelope. I, I, it honestly made my day, said Bennett. I was having a tough day, so receiving that card really was a heartwarming feeling. Touched by the gesture, Bennett immediately contacted her mother and read out what was written on the card. I was emotional but happy I was the one who received the card, as not many people would buy the cake and just keep the money for themselves. The 19-year-old and her family then went straight to a local store and picked out their favorite birthday cake, Vanilla Tray Bake, to enjoy together. Jason passed away in January 2020 at the age of 25 after suffering from uncontrollable epilepsy for over 15 years, said Bennett, who shared the story in its entirety on Facebook. Bennett later found the bereaved mother after the post and reconnected with her. The stranger wishes to remain anonymous, but Bennett told the Epic Times, she's so lovely, we talk quite a lot lately. Bennett states that Jason's mom just wants to keep his memory alive, and now she wants to do the same. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is very hard to pronounce. It's Saint <laughs> Milburga. Milbura was a daughter of Mirwal, king of the Mercian sub-kingdom of Maganon. Magon Magonati, the Domen Aif. She was the older sister of Saint Mildreth and Saint Mildgaitha. The three sisters have been likened to the three theological virtues Milber to faith, Mild Mildgaitha to hope, and Mildrith to charity. Hope you got that all straight. Mildbur was sought in marriage by a neighboring prince who resolved to have her for his wife, even at the cost of violence. Mildborough escaped across the river, and the prince, in hot pursuit, was forced to desist when the river miraculously became so swollen that he was unable to ford forward. Mildborough entered the Benedictine monastery of Winlock, Shropshire, and the nunnery was founded with endowments by her father and her uncle, Wolfhire and of Mercia, under the direction of a French abbess, Leobind of Chelles. Mildeberga eventually succeeded her in this office and was installed as abbess at St. Theodore. Educated in France, Mildeberga was noted for her humility and according to popular stories, she was endowed with a gift of healing and restored sight to the blind. She organized the evangelization and pastoral care of South Shropshire. She is said to have had a, a mysterious power over birds. They would, they would seem to avoid damaging the local crops whenever she asked them to. She was also associated with miracles such as the creation of a spring and the miraculous growth of barley. One story relates that one morning she overslept and woke to find the sun shining on her. Her veil slipped, but instead of falling to the ground, was suspended on a sunbeam until she collected it. She died on the 23rd of February, 727, St. Milberga, 
Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 9, verse 38 through 40. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Haydock's commentary today said, Here we may find that no one, however poor, can be excused from good works, since there is no one who is not able to give at least a cup of cold water, and we are assured that he will not lose his reward. Praise be to God. Augustine, I quoted him in the last hour. There was so much in Augustine's commentary today that was quite good. But uh, Adrian, what did you find? As Cornelius Lapide, he said, quote, Jesus said, do not forbid him, for there is no man that doth a miracle in my name and can soon speak ill of me. Do not hinder him in good work and one that honors me, because even if he does not follow me, yet he is doing the selfsame thing which you do. That is to say, he is celebrating my name, and he is making it known to men by casting out devils. Wherefore, he does nothing that is against my name, but rather propagates and glorifies it. For he that is not against you is for you. This man, therefore, is not your adversary, and that he does the same thing, same that you do. He stands on your side. He helps you. He does not oppose you. For whoever shall give you a drink of cup of water in my name... Because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. This is Christ's further reason to show why the man must not be forbidden to cast out devils. It is as though Christ said, if he who gives you a drink of water in my name and for my sake does well and shall receive a reward from God, so likewise shall he who drives out devils in my name for both the one and the other do a good work and are profitable to their neighbors in regard and respects to me. But the one who confers so much the greater benefit than the other, but as much as a devil whom he drives away is more hurtful than thirst, which the other alleviates by a draught of water. So says the Alphasat. This is interesting because Cornelius Lapide in his passage here, so whenever you hear him kind of say, and Jesus said, he's not giving a direct quote of Jesus. It's uh, what he's doing is he's, discerning what was meant by Christ. So when he says, this is what Christ further responds, this is the reason that Christ gave, he's uh, extrapolating from the context and from the fathers, from tradition, and expounding upon, okay, this is what our Lord meant. These would be the words that he would say if he was to be in a situation that he could explain it to us right now at this moment. What is important also here is that who he who is not with us or who he's not against us is with us. I mean, we see this all the time. I see this whenever we go out to TFP rallies and there's people of other Christian denominations that are not Catholic who join us in prayer and join us with us. And this is not the time or place to fight because right now we are fighting for good things. We're fighting for holy things. But if it is the case that something else would happen that we would, uh, that they turn on us, well, that's whenever they become against us. But before that happens, whenever we're fighting for the good, we're fighting for something like we're fighting for pro-life and these kind of things. Well, in these kind of things, we can unite. We can uh, stand together to fight against that which is wicked. 
Praise be to God. All right. We love Cornelius Alapide. So much uh, information there that's just worthy of meditating and diving deep on. So we are grateful to verboom.com forward slash GRN for being a sponsor, giving us the tools to bring all of these commentaries together on the gospel super quick and super slick. That's verboom with a V, V E R B U M, verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you for underwriting the Gospel Reflection. We're going to go to break, and we're going to play our game Fear and Trembling. So don't fear, don't tremble. Instead, make a phone call and be our caller, be our contestant. Right now, phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now. First caller gets to be the contestant. Lines are open, ready to play at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and promise me you will not share with anyone my secrets 
or my agendas, all right? Especially not on Twitter. Good grief. Do you see what happens on Twitter? It's ridiculous. At any rate, there are a few things we like to do on the game show, praise be to God. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before, praise be to God. And number two, we like to have fun. We like to have a laugh, and our callers are amazing. They're the best. They laugh with us. They're great sports. We enjoy that the most, I think. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me just tell you what's going on. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but the kicker is I will not be asking our caller these questions, so they don't need to know any of the correct answers. They could win without knowing a single right answer. The reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, and the other will be Incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise God. Our sponsor this week is Catholic Drive Time. We're going to be putting together a prize pack. That Thank you, Catholic Drive prayer card. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank us. <laughs> it includes prayer cards, a book, and an autographed CDT mug, which is a replica of the coffee cup of divine providence. Did you know that? Now, despite being up so early, you will be alert looking to the left, looking what? to the right huh? after drinking your morning brew from mm. your trusty CDT mug. Which means we should have a CDT brew. Oh, yeah. Maybe after Lent, because I'm giving coffee up for Lent. Maybe, Maybe I'll just roast it here in the uh, break room. We should come up with a Catholic drive-time brew. That would be good. That would be good. And we'll put, we're going to sweeten the pot, right? We're going to put books in there and prayer cards and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and a DVD. And it, That's right, the prayer the pray DVD from Father Patrick Payton. So lots of goodies coming to the winner this week. Praise be to God. So uh, thank you, Catholic drive-time. You can find more information You're about welcome. our sponsor. And our underwriter at <laughs> grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And they have a very cool CDT insider email list. I can't tell you how cool it is. Uh, you should join. You, can't. You, you, just, you could try. I, I could, but you should check it out for yourself. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Click on the CDT insider email link and you'll find the details. Let's go to the phones. David, good morning, sir. Thank you for being a part of our program. Good morning. Praise be to God, David. We're very grateful you are here. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. Greatest town in all of America, I would say. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Yay and amen. Now, I went to the world infamous or famous, some would say, uh, Judson High School, Mighty Rockets. Where, where, where did you go, sir? Uh, well, actually, I'm a seventh grader, and I go to... Kruger Middle School, which later goes to Roosevelt High School. I am so sorry that you have to go to Roosevelt. You might consider asking <laughs> your parents to move into the district for Judson High School. That could be an option for you anyway. Where do you go? I to? could ask. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm only te- Roosevelt's not bad. Good grief. Uh, where do you go to church, David? Uh, St. Pius X. Praise be to God. And Now, are you familiar with the game show, David? Yes. So... You know, then, Rudy and Adrian are very tricky people, but I, however, am your bestie in this. I'm on your side. You and I together are going to get through this. Are you ready to go, David? Yes. Let's do this. As is our tradition, our patrimony, our custom, we will start with Rudy first. Good morning to you, Rudy. Hey, good morning, Joe. Hey, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Are you Are you sure? It is tradition, after all. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Praise be to God. Rudy, can you tell me? 
Who crowns a newly elected pope? Oh, that hasn't been done in a while, but uh, you're down there. Mm-hmm. You're looking up at the loggia. Uh-huh. And out comes the new pope. Yeah. Papal grandeur you wow. have not seen in oh. ages. He looks to the left. He uh-huh. looks to the right. Yeah. And the Western patriarch. What? He lifts the crown. West. Places it on his head. Uh-huh. The so Western patriarch. The, the Western patriarch. Yes. Hmm. Oh, okay. Let's just see what uh, double major Fonseca has to say here. Uh, good morning to you, Adrian. That's my name. Praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me? Okay. Who... <laughs> Who crowns yes. the newly elected right. pope? Newly elected pope. Mm-hmm. Who crowns him? Yes. Okay. Right. That would be. So uh-huh. I mean, you you go into. Yeah. And you're electing, right? Yeah. And who's electing? I don't know. It would be the cardinals. Okay. And so who crowns them at the end of it? What? That'd the be the dean. Oh. Of the college of cardinals. The dean of the yeah. college of cardinals. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well. Uh, <sighs> David, this could be tricky here because it hasn't happened in a while now, actually. But the question is, who crowns a newly elected pope? Is it, as Adrian says, the dean of the College of Cardinals? Or is it, as Rudy says, the Western patriarch? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? David, what say you? Adrian. So confident in your response, sir. Survey says... Yeah, very wise. The Western Patriarch. Brilliant. What a brilliant Some would young say man. he is the Western Patriarch. So some would agree. Some, some would agree. <laughs> some wouldn't. I'm sure. But uh, Way to go. Yeah, last time we had a uh, crowning, John the Twenty Third, right? Uh, Paul VI. Was yeah. it Paul the VI? Yep. Paul the VI. Oh, he was the last bad. pope to use last the pope. papal tiara. Who then gave it away? You learned something new, David. Praise be to God. All right, you're you're in the cup. Good good job, sir. I want to say this next one, though, it could be tricky if you're not a, a, a liturgy nerd. And, David, I assume you are, sir. Are you ready Uh-oh. to play? Let's do this. Yeah. We're going to go to Adrian. Uh-oh. Some would say is a liturgy nerd. One, some, one might say. One might, some, one might say, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Adrian. Okay. Can you tell me? Maybe. What is another name mm-hmm. for a cross or crucifix? Right. Which sometimes includes other images. Oh, I see. I see. No, yeah, that would be a pieta. A pieta. Yes. I've seen the pieta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Rudy. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me, what is another name for a cross or a crucifix, which sometimes includes other images? Well, if you're watching on our live stream, there happens to be a cross with other images I behind me. I noticed that. But mm. it's also known as a rude. A rude. Hey, hey, hey. A rude. That's not very nice. Don't be calling names. Rude. Are huh. you? Are not? Are you? R O O D. Oh. Rude. rude. He's not being rude. Not a Rudy. (laughs) R-O-O-D. All right. So, David, let me clarify. Let me just clear this up for you so it's uh, super clear here. The question is, uh, another name for a cross or a crucifix, which sometimes includes other images. Rudy says it's a rude. And Adrian says it's the Pieta. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? David, what say you? Pieta. That was that was Adrian's answer. Is that what you're going for? Uh, yes. Don't do it. Oh, oh, oh no! I'm so sorry. Yes, it was 
Curveball to the low right corner. I'm sorry, uh, yeah. David, but in fact, it is a rude. It's where, and sometimes you'll see, like if you go to the Ordinariate Parish, mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. above the altar rail yeah. that screen that goes up. That's called a rude screen because right yeah. in the middle of it, there's a crucifix with yeah. Our Lady and St. John the uh, Evangelist. And don't right the Orthodox have a rude wall? No, that's a icon wall. Oh, yeah. they call it the, they don't, who calls it the rude wall? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, all right. Let's call it a rude. There you go. David, you learned something new. Praise be to God. It's not all is lost. You're in the cup. You could win, but I think we're going to get you in there for a second opportunity with this third question. We're going to go back to Rudy for it. Uh, Mr. Rudy, can yes, you tell sir. me a special mass that begs God's special blessing for a married couple is called what? You should know this. You weren't married all that long ago. I should know this. This was a very beautiful moment Mm. in our Mm. life. It's called a nuptial mass. A nuptial mass. In fact, my wife Mm. resents me because I didn't cry. I'm just a man of few tears, that's all. Uh, Okay. I like how you threw in the man in that statement. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can a man not cry? I don't know. Let's find out by asking a guy who never cries. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. A special mass okay. that begs God's special blessing right. for a married couple uh-huh. is called what? Well, for one, I don't—I never cry. That is true. Especially at your marriage? I've, at all the times I've been married, <laughs> I have never cried. You've <laughs> never been married. I've okay. never been married. Okay. Okay. So, Validly. What? <laughs> Validly. None, none, none right. whatsoever. Focus. Okay. Focus. Okay. We're, we're back on track. We're back on track. <laughs> it is the clamor mass. The the what? Clamor. The clamor. You have to say it like it's that? Latin. Like it doesn't count unless you say it like that? The clamor mass. Yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's a Klingon it's a, te- it's a technical <laughs> term. <laughs> <It's> a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, we're going to run out of time here. Adrian says it's the clamor, and Rudy says it's nuptial. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who's wrong? David, what say you? Rudy. Survey Let's says. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That means cry. Yeah. Congratulations, (laughs) David. You're in for two. Praise be to God. Thank you for being a good sport today. God God bless you, David. Have a great day at school. Thank you for being a part of our show. We're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number. But that is going to do it for the radio side. God love you guys. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Polycarp, Bishop and Martyr. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. 
faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon fire and sword oh how our hearts beat high with joy whene'er we hear that glorious word faith of our fathers holy faith we will be true to thee till death in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all and with your spirit let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christ Let us pray. God of all creation, who were pleased to give Bishop St. Polycarp a place in the company of the martyrs, grant through his intercession that sharing with him in the chalice of Christ, we may rise through the Holy Spirit to eternal life, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. James. Beloved, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we shall go into such and such a town, spend a year there doing business, and make a profit. You have no idea what your life will be like tomorrow. You are a puff of smoke that appears briefly and then disappears. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills it, we shall live to do this or that. But now you are boasting in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it is a sin. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed, Blessed are, are the, the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Hear this, all you peoples, Hearken, all who dwell in the world, of lowly birth or high degree, rich and poor alike. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Why should I fear in evil days, when my wicked ensnares ring me round? They trust in their wealth, the abundance of their riches is their boast. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. 
yet in no way can a man redeem himself or pay his own ransom to god too high is the price to redeem one's life he would never have enough to, re to remain alive always and not see destruction blessed, blessed are, are the, the poor, poor in spirit the kingdom of heaven is theirs for he can see that wise men die and likewise the senseless and the stupid pass away leaving to others their wealth blessed are the poor in spirit the kingdom of heaven is theirs alleluia 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 i am the way and the truth and the life says the lord no one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I remember doing a mission. It was a Theology of the Body retreat in a, uh, a city probably about two hours outside of Kiev, Ukraine. And when I landed, uh, the, the team picked me up and, and brought me to this beautiful church in the Ukraine. And we came into the church and we said, oh, Mass is about to start. And I said, oh, who's the celebrant? And the lady looks at me and says, why, you are, Father. And I said, uh, I uh, don't speak Ukrainian. She said, well, you speak Russian and, you know, you're going to do the retreat in Russian. And I was, she said, you know, can't you, you're American, can't you just like be an actor and, and fake it? And <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I had never even sight read, I mean, I never read through the Mass in Ukrainian. And at the end of the Mass, everybody was, they said the same thing they always do every time. Thank you for saying Mass, Father. You know, um, and I, I share that story because as a missionary um, and also in the poverty of Christ, we're asked to do a lot of things and not have anything really to be able to capable of doing it. The other thing, moral of the story is not only whoever is not against us is for us, but whatever little thing God can use he will use, no matter how poor. I remember doing a, a, a mass. We were in the, I was in the Philippines for seven years and we crossed an ocean, a little inlet and a mountain to get to this little village that only had mass once a year, but we didn't have a Roman missile. But we had three different kind of uh, daily missiles that none of them in their own had the full mass we had to piece three of them together. And this situation is very common for missionaries. 
in the words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, you give whatever Jesus takes and you take whatever Jesus gives. And in the first reading, we hear that we have only today. Now, if we lived this to the fullest, we would take every single moment that we have as a gift of Jesus Christ. And we would use that moment, the current present moment, we would first of all enter into it, we'd be grateful for it. We wouldn't, you know, say, oh, this is, it doesn't have this and doesn't have that. And always constantly looking for what the moment doesn't have, but instead looking for whatever God is asking of us in that moment. And this is particularly true in old age. Uh, St. Polycarp was 86 years old when he was martyred. And he reminds us that most of the greatest accomplishments of humanity are from 70 and 80 year olds. The heads of state, the popes, the bishops, the, the Nobel Prize winners were all over 80. This is like, so, so if, you're, if you're over 70 or over 80 and you're still sitting there going, well, what good can I do? Don't listen to the spirit of the world. Don't listen to, uh, you know, the, 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 this, this futile kind of way of thinking like, well, I don't have this and don't have that. My life isn't this and it isn't that. Look whatever you have and give it your greatest, every moment your greatest, because whatever is not against God is for him. And God is infinitely simple. And he takes the simplest things and he makes them holy and he transforms them. So let us, my dear brothers and sisters, live this wonderful responsorial psalm. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And like St. Polycarp, let us use every single moment, even up to the time we were 86, to completely and totally witness faithfully to Jesus Christ. Let us bring all our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth resplendent with the light of the holiness of Jesus Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for, and through the intercession of all the holy saints and martyrs, especially St. Polycarp, that we may be faithful to Jesus in every moment, given every circumstance. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Through the intercession of St. Polycarp, we pray for all bishops, that they may be faithful witnesses of the gospel. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. Pray in a special way for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all of our beloved dead, for the souls in purgatory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our blessed Mother Mary as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
O worship the King, all glorious above, O gratefully sing His power and His love, Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, Pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. O tell of his might, O sing of his grace, Whose robe is the light, whose canopy space, His chariots of wrath the deep thunder clouds form, And dark is his path on the wings of the storm. This earth with its store of wonders untold, Almighty thy power hath founded of old, Established it fast by a changeless decree, And round it has cast like a mantle the sea. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Sanctify our offerings by your blessing, O Lord, we pray, and by your grace may we be set afire with the same flame of your love through which St. Polycarp overcame every bodily torment through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for the blood of your blessed martyr, St. Polycarp, poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow strength to bear you witness, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And so with the powers of heaven we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabahol, Plenisun Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants, and all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls, in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true in communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, mother of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, 
Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogenus, John and Paul, Cosmas and Damian, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers and all things we be defended by your protecting help, through Christ our Lord. Therefore, Lord, we pray graciously accept this oblation of your service, that of your whole family. Order our days in peace and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, approve and this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven to God, to you, O God, his almighty Father, giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial, the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, Offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life, and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance, and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the Just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us through, who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, the Lord, your servants, whom gone before us in the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace, through Christ our Lord. To us also, your servants, who, though sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, 
not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon, through Christ our Lord. Through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribus moniti et divini institutioni formati. Audehemus dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, Sicut in cedo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo, Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, am I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only, only say, say the, the word, word, and my soul shall be healed. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, says the Lord. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought. Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O make us love thee more and more, O make us love thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, with which to love the dearest King. Oh, with what bursts of fervent praise Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament we Thee adore, O make us love Thee more and more, O make us love Thee more and more. Thy body, soul, and God at all, O mystery of love divine, I cannot compass all I have, for all thou hast and art is mine. Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O make us love thee more and more, O make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. May the sacred mysteries of which we have partaken, O Lord, we pray, give us that determination which made your blessed martyr St. Polycarp Faithful in your service and victorious in suffering through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Sing with all the sons of glory. Sing the resurrection song. Death and sorrow, earth's dark story, to the former days belong. All around the clouds are breaking, soon the storms of time shall cease. In God's likeness man awaking knows the everlasting peace. Oh, what glory far exceeding all that I has yet perceived. Holiest hearts for ages pleading, never that full joy.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.